0: So I had said these words earlier that um, is what I woke up with. And um, it was, I'm so thankful I made room for the Lord in my life. Now, that can sound a little interesting, right? Because obviously as a Christian, um, he's in our lives. Um, We're believers. We, you know, accepted him as our Lord and Savior. And if you haven't, um, you know, there'll be an opportunity for you to do that. But, um, and maybe you just, you stumbled upon, you know, this call. Maybe someone invited you. Um, but the main thing is that um, even though we're believers, we can fill our lives with so many other things, and he's not really a part of it. We can say that we're Christian. Um, we can go through the motions, but the evidence of him being very present in our lives is is not fully there. And so one of the things the Lord had uh, said to me is that as we are here at the altar, because that's been our theme, we've come to the altar, uh, we've been meditating on Romans 12 and 1 um, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. So that's what he highlighted. He said that in order to present your body as a living sacrifice, you have to make room for me. You have to make room for me. And so that's when we have to begin to look and see anything in our lives that is pushing him out. where That thing is more prevalent than him. And so we've got to make room. And he made me think about a woman in the Bible who made room for God in her life. She made room, and and because she made room, the Lord was able to perform a miracle and a miracle and another miracle. And so um, I want to share that story with you. And then I think it's important that when we're making room, um, we're building a place, we're building a space for him to come and dwell, amen? And so as we come to the altar, we're also building altars for him to come and rest. In the Bible, you can read throughout the Bible, they built altars um, as a marker place, as a place to say, this is where where God moved. This is where God met me. It's not a religious act. It's not like, you know, I've got a shrine or anything like that. No, but it was a marking place. It was like, this is where the Lord has met me. And so I want to continue to meet the Lord in this place. Amen. And so it's important, too, that as we are making room, what, we're, what materials we're using to build that room is. We want it to be a firm foundation. We want it to be sturdy so that we can always come back to this place of meeting him. It should never be like when something happens in our lives, that's when we just don't have any space for God. But it should be a constant place of space, um, uh, a place where he can come and dwell and rest. We're making room. We're making room. And so, um, you know, in the song we were listening to, I love the lyric that says, you know, you know, break down the walls of all my tradition, right? Um, Shake off the ground of all my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better, and and that is so powerful to me because in order for us to make room for him, we have to break down the traditions, we have to get rid of that religion, um, that that systematic kind of like um, way of approaching God, um, because that's man's way of doing it. But his way is better. How he wants us to build, how he wants us to make room, his way is better. Amen. So I want to read the story in Second Kings uh, 4 of this woman who made room. And it's interesting because um, this, is, this is just a powerful uh, moment to see um, what happens when we make room, um, but also knowing that when we make room, it doesn't mean that everything is going to go our way, but knowing that he's always available when we make room for him. Amen? Amen. So let's go there. If you have your Bibles open or if you want to take notes, Second Kings 4, starting in verse 8, it says, Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, uh, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be. Whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Mm. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned in to the upper room and laid down there. He had a place to rest. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him and he said to him, say now to her, look. You have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for you? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway, and then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son." And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maid servant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her, and the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, My head, my head. So he said to a servant, Carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he he sat on his knees till noon, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forth. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant, Gehazi, look. The Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, it is well with you. It is well with your husband. It is well with your child. And she answered, it is well. Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone. For her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready and take my stuff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet you anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them, laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands, and he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself out on him again. Then the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. and He called to and said, call this Shunammite woman. So he called her, and when she came into him, he said, pick up your sex. So went she. So, so she went in, fell at his feet, bowed to the ground, then she picked up her son and went out. Oh my goodness! There's so much here, but there's there's a point to this. Why the Lord told me he said I want you to read it all because he wanted you to hear this incredible moment of what happens when we make room. Now of course we can focus on the fact that her son died right, the very thing that she didn't ask for, but was a longing in her heart, um, he died. And it can almost seem like when we make room for God and things happen, we can ask ourselves, well, what was the point of that? Why why make room for him? And I'm disappointed. Why make room for him? And the prayer isn't answered. Or why make room for him? And, you know, my my husband still left me. And why make room for him? And my kids are still tripping. Why make room? Why do it? If I'm still going to go through the pain, if I'm still going to go through the loss. But I want to encourage someone today that making room for God in our lives is not in vain. It just sets you up for more miracles signs and wonders to manifest in your life. You make room for him. You create a space for him. You know, what's interesting is that this woman wanted a place and a space for the man of God to come and rest and dwell in her home. She wanted that, and she built that. But it's important that when we build that space for God, what are we building it on? You know, um, do we come to him out of desperation and then when the prayer is answered, then we're like we go back to our old patterns? Or are we doing it because we want his presence? We want his glory. We want everything that he brings, every single moment. You know, there's something that she said. She said, every time he wants to come in, I want him to come into my house. Every time he wants to move and settle and rest, I want him to do that in my house. She was making room. It wasn't out of just, I only want him to answer the prayer that I don't have a son and that's enough. No, I truly want him in my house. I want him in my life. I want to make room for him. I want him to find a place where he can come and dwell, and he can come and dwell, where his glory can come. I want to make room. And so we have to make sure that the motives of our heart for making room for him are pure. Amen? The other thing that I think is so evident here in this moment is that When the moment her son died, she could go to him directly to the man of God. She didn't have to go through a a system, an organization, a tradition, a religious act. She went straight to the man of God because she had a relationship. She had made room for him. And so what is God wanting us to know? God, when we make room for him, we can come boldly before the throne. We can ask him for the very thing that seems impossible, seems like there's no way, but he will respond because we've made room. We've made room for him in our lives. Amen? Now, Jesus talks about um, what we must use to build when we're making room um, because When we make room for God in our lives, it can't just be for a moment. It must be for a lifetime. It must be for the journey. And so how we're making room, how we're building, as this woman, she built a space and a place for the man of God to rest. We must build a place for God to rest. So one of the things he showed me is a couple different things, but in our heart, right, as we're building and making room for him in our heart, right, it can't be on a stony heart, right? It can't be on a shaky foundation, right? It, it, there needs to be a solid um, uh, commitment to saying, God, I want you to be in my life. I want to make room. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty four. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at him the teachings for he taught them as one having authority not as his scribe but listen to what Jesus said he said that when we build and make room it has to be on a rock on the rock on the rock we know that he is the rock he's the foundation and he says that when you do that no matter rain floods winds whatever it won't fall your heart won't fall you know your your foundation won't fall. You'll be able to stand. But it's when we build on sand, it's, it can be easily eroded, easily moved. Amen. And so, I thought about this because this morning I was watching something, and <clears throat> it was actually a tribute video to a very dear friend of mine. Some of you know her. She was actually. Um, of a contributor on desperately Seeking Jesus for years, uh, Shauna Layton. And she was my prayer partner. She was a mighty woman of God, and I was watching this tribute video that her son had put together for her. And I just was thinking about this and making room and what it means to build a place and a space for God to come and dwell in our lives every day. And I immediately thought of Shauna. I thought of her. Because Shauna had went through a very aggressive battle with cancer um, for years. Um, and But the one thing that never, ever was shaken was her faith. It was never shaken. Her faith was so strong in the Lord. There was no doubt of it. Even to the very last moment, to her very last breath, her faith in the Lord was never shaken. She trusted him to the very end, she had made room for him in her life. She had built a place that was on solid ground that even when cancer came, even when disappointment came, even when setbacks came, she wasn't shaken by those things. She wasn't moved by those things. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. Um. 2020, 2021, they have been a year of, what did did Jesus say? Uh, Rain, floods, winds, I mean, all of that has really come and beat up our spirit, amen? Everything coming at us, all these things have come to kind of like beat us up. And the Lord is saying to you and to me, that if you make room for me, if you push out all the stuff that doesn't even have to do with me. You see, one of the things we've done is we've allowed these things to come into our walk with the Lord. It's not that he's not concerned with it, but it's not the main thing. It's not the main um, thing on his heart. Amen. And so we've become a, consumed with it and, and, and to the point where we've almost looked at God and been like, why? Why is this happening to me? But one of the things you have to understand is he already told us that these things would happen, but that our hearts should not be troubled because he overcame it. But we've brought it in and it's consumed us and it's overwhelmed us and he says i need you to push that out and make more room for me whether it be in your thoughts whether it be in your heart whatever it is i need you to make more room for me i need to take up more residence in your life in what you participate in and what you think about and and what you what you do i need to take up more space so We must be like this Shunammite woman to where we're like, God, I want to build a space. I want you to come and dwell. I want you to rest with me. And it's also important of how we're building that place for him. It has to be on solid rock. It has to be on a firm foundation because there will be challenges. There will be chaos. There will be issues. There will be problems. We will have to face decisions, but it should never, ever shape our trust and our faith in the very one who overcame it all. See, this woman experienced miracle after miracle because she made room. She experienced the suddenly of God because she made room. She had an up-close and personal view of a move of God because she made room. She was close. She was so close because she made room. Will you make room? Will you make room? Is there any place in your life right now that is like he's just not in that. Surrender it to him and make room. Surrender it and make room. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.